You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog Liberty Podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. I'm your host, Jeremiah Morrill, and as always, I'm joined by our co-host, Mr. Dakota Davis. Hey, how's it going, Jeremiah? It's a great day. It's a great day to be alive. It's a great day to be alive and living in central Indiana, as Dave Wilson used to say. Uh, our show is about our lives in rural Indiana. It's a show about folks who are involved in politics. We promise that our episodes are going to be a fun and an easy listen. We interview people who are influencers, elected officials, political experts, and folks we just find interesting. On camera right, my left, is Mr. Cade Coger, journalist. How are we doing, guys? Glad to have you here, man. Good to be here. So we'll get into something here in a minute, but you uh, you, you, were, uh, you were the eyes and ears of the entire county this week. Yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and you, uh, you were treated like a journalist in, in the Trump era, man. You were, yeah. you were treated like the media, mm-hmm. just run off mm-hmm. and, and beaten down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on the other side of the room, we have a new friend of the show. It's John Kindred. Uh, John is a realtor here in town. Uh, and male model, we we established that a minute ago. Uh, he doesn't do it anymore, but apparently uh, he may have talked your girlfriend into buying you a sweater or something at some point. Alistair was a very short thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's on the bio. It's a, it's read, written in the permanent record. I'm going to make a note to remove that. Yeah, take that down. <laughs> Not helping me on the LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, what's going on, Dakota? This is episode 72, I guess. 72. I can't believe it. Or, it's, it's, it's like the third time we've had episode 72, or are we yeah. back on track? Second time. Second yeah, time. We thought we had episode 72 uh, last week, but uh, I, I guess that whenever you're the big time like we are, you just get things mixed around. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the legitimate 72, then? Yes, okay. this is legitimately right. episode number 72. Uh, and we, were, we, were, we had a busy week this week, Jeremiah. We did. It was it. It was all over the place, man. I was. We I, got to see each other during the week for the first time in ages. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we both worked at Moreland Fair yesterday. Uh, Tuesday, I worked at the Moreland Fair as well, and I got got the chance to talk to John out there. So, um, yeah, it was it was a busy week, but it was a fun week, good week always. Seeing everybody at the Moreland Fair, uh, I got to see some listeners of the show come up and talk to us and uh, get pictures taken. So that was neat. Uh, that's always awesome to meet people that. That listen to you, you go through life uh, not knowing who anybody is, and then you do a podcast for about a year and a half, and then all of a sudden everybody knows who you are, and you're going, "Yep, boy, I got to remember who the heck this is." Uh, I, I I had Sarah with me though; it was a great trick though, because I was like, "Let me introduce you to my new wife," and I'd introduce Sarah, and then they would say their name, and then that would give me the trigger. Smart. John, mm-hmm. I told Sarah next year I'll need a new wife for that to work, to work <laughs> again, uh, and she was not very supportive of the plan, but. Uh, you know. She didn't think that joke was as funny no, as you did? No, but uh. I was very proud of myself. We also had the uh, planning commission meeting. You touched on that for a minute. Cade uh, was out there. He was videotaping since uh, since we had things going on. You had on your candidate hat. I did. I went. Uh, I, I, I literally went to the podium at one point, probably about the two-and-a-half-hour mark in the meeting. I'm like, I'm Jeremiah Morrill. I live in Henry Township. I don't know if I'm here as a reporter or a candidate or what I am at the moment, but uh, here <laughs> I am. I'm you- me. 
You pulled some laughs from the room. Was that intentional? I, I did. I literally stole a line from uh, <laughs> from a listener uh, and friend, uh, uh, Pat Bremer, uh, who okay. uh, who's a buddy in uh, in Indianapolis, lives over in Speedway. Pat and Speedway on the John Andretti message board. That's how we met 15 years ago. And he uh, he saw the picture and gave me the Jimmy Chitwood line that I that I used and got the crowd laughing <laughs> until I angered them all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I so said you you did pull two laughs, and one was intentional. The was, other one was not. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, you were trying to make peace, and... Yeah, uh, there was no man, peace in the valley. There were pitchforks and torches, and you just don't make peace with people with pitchforks and torches. How dare you have a reasonable thought? <laughs> Kate Koger got attacked outside. And- <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't call. I was. I was more well received than I wasn't. I would say that. I, I was, lot, There were a lot of people that came up and thanked us for being there. So. I, I just went and was going with the whole give peace a chance thing, and they're like, "No, uh, not today. <laughs> yeah, it's not dead yet, and yeah. we'll keep flogging the dead horse until yep. until it's dead." So you, anyway, you don't want it to be dead yet. That's that's not what we want. This is the this is good content for us. <laughs> I, would, I would so happily trade this for. Our new logo has Whatever's a windmill next. in it now, so if we we're on this. Has horse. that come, has that come up as an issue yet? And someone uh, someone asked about it one time. <laughs> I just said that it, it was. We've talked about it so much on this show that we I yeah. couldn't not do it. It's a permanent, you know? permanent fixture. So we did cover the meeting. Uh, if you guys uh, are interested, uh, there are three individual videos: uh, part one, part two, and part three. Uh, because that was just logical, yep. uh, and those are uh, those are on our Facebook page. You can go back and watch those, catch any part of it. Uh, we brought out our big fancy Zoom H6 and did the best we could with the audio. I've been told that the county commissioners and the county council are working on the audio in that room, and at some point they'll come up with some microphones that work when you're more than a quarter inch away from the microphone, and people will be able to speak into them, and you'll actually yep. hear something in the room, and we'll have better audio. Uh, but until then, uh, crank it all the way up, get some headphones, and get the popcorn, and, and enjoy. I think that the last meeting that I was at out there for a, a council meeting that was brought up by uh, Mr. Steve Duggar, Councilman Steve Duggar, and he 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 mentioned uh, getting some changes to the audio and putting up some uh, sound absorbing uh, fixtures uh, on the walls and on the ceiling. They've so. got to be sure to not violate any historical um, aspects of that building. Well, you know, I, mean, I think that they need to lower the ceiling, <laughs> take it down. But a nice, uh, yeah. Some, Why don't some they just tear lights? it down and build a new? Why don't we build a new build a new jail there? <laughs> build a new justice center. Yeah. Wait oh a minute. My. Uh, so the the results out of the meeting was a uh, five to four decision to do nothing. Uh, they had three choices. Uh, they could pass uh, pass the resolution that the commissioners had put forward. They could say no, we don't like this, or they could say we're taking no action. Um, they chose uh, by a five to four vote to take no action. So it goes back to the county commissioners, and they will at their meeting fifteen days after that meeting. So two weeks from. Yesterday, uh, they will be hearing that resolution, and we'll see what happens. Yep. Uh, and then there was a second part of it that uh, that was dealing with um, process, uh, and they basically decided by seven to two to go ahead and approve the process that affirms what they're already doing. When if some when and if somebody does try to do a wind development, they have to come before the planning commission and get their con- commission approved use is what the term is. Yep. Basically, they have to come to them and ask for, for permission. So they've solidified the role they have there. So that is the uh, the update on the news of the week in uh, beautiful Henry County, Indiana. How about we spend some time talking to John? Get yeah, to know I'd like him a to do bit. that a little bit. You know, if you were if you are a Patreon subscriber, you get uh, you get access to the show notes, and right next to John's name on the show notes is the link to his uh, his uh, FC Tucker Crossroads 
uh, profile. So, yes, sir. Uh, I could pull it up on the website right now and just read it, or I can let you introduce yourself. As long as we stop talking about Hollister on time. <laughs> <laughs> we all make bad decisions at some point, yeah. man. That's all right. Yeah. You had to drive for that. Like, you had to I go know. somewhere. It was like an hour and 15. Ooh, man. It was kind of fun, though. Yeah. It was fun. Like Northside. Did you have to quit whenever they asked you to stand out there with your shirt off? Who said I didn't? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. That that doesn't help sell houses now, though. Well, it might, but maybe. (laughs) I heard a rumor at the Moreland Fair that there have been people that have picked you as their realtor just based on your on your picture on your business card. Is that true? It actually is true. Yeah. Oh man. I have a lot of time crafting your image for this business. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get taller, you know, smarter, leaner, all of those Much things. Much taller, yeah. Just any, and, I mean, foot races against other realtors to see how you do. <laughs> I mean, you look at him and you think, well, he can take care of himself, so he's going to take care of me. That, there we that's go. How, that's how the sales work in the in the real estate business is that's, what I'm that's gathering. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. So did you, I, I think that you must have broken a, a realtor record in Henry County whenever you sold a listener Kirsten Cronk's house? It was pretty quick, yeah. We um, listed it about 3 or 4 in the afternoon. The show notes say an hour. It's a little bit of a stretch, but ah. we wrote that offer about midnight that night and then had accepted about 8 a.m. the next day. Man, so. that, is so, that is so fast. Yep. Uh, I love that. And she, she reached out and was like she'd posted everywhere on her Facebook and like everybody – all of us shared it to our personal Facebook pages that her home was for sale, and then like it seemed like it was just in the blink of an eye. It was it, she was like, "Never mind, it's sold. It's done. <laughs> mm-hmm. As a we got it." Home. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a really nice house. It I didn't was re- surprisingly close to the uh, the, to the studio. studio. I didn't realize that. I was driving. You guys uh, probably shared a mail person. Yeah, probably. I was driving uh, to, to somewhere. I think to the Elks Club uh, this past weekend, and it was. It was like. Oh, holy crap. That's that's her house. <laughs> there it is. So does that happen every time? Is it I know, wish. in and out an hour and you're, <laughs> and you're set? <laughs> Not quite. No. So, what, what's real estate been like in Newcastle? It's doing really well right now. There's a, a lot of buyers. Uh, not quite as much inventory as we'd like, but when things are priced well, um, they're received really well. Things move pretty quick. Awesome, and that's your that's your gig is figuring out how to price it and where to price it yes, and what's that's, the that's what's the, the thing. strategy on that right there is to look at everything, look at all the comparables, and price it right where it needs to be. Um, I typically try to do kind of a pricing strategy. I kind of look like a bullseye type thing. Um, I don't want to price it under where it needs to be because obviously I'm losing someone's leaving someone's money on the table at that right. point. But if I price it over it and it just sits there, I mean, this is a generation that's just swiping left and right, looking at pictures, and they're done. So if you hit on the market and it's too high and someone swipes on past it, they don't want to come back and look at it a week later. They want to see that it's there and priced well and jump on it really quick. So I try to be as accurate as I possibly can. That's always the struggle is to hit that exact sweet spot, but that's what happened with this case. So when you're when you're looking at a house, I would imagine do – do you do your own photography or do you bring somebody in to do it? Um, I do some of out? my own. There's a couple of things I'll outsource, but most of my own. Because that's a big deal too. You're, you're you're talking about you know if you're selling to twenty five, thirty year thirty year old people, thirty five year old people that have grown up with a cell phone in their hand constantly, mm-hmm. they're in the Tinder world. They're or they're just looking at images quickly, and they want high quality pictures that are going to paint the picture for them. So I would imagine exactly. that being that's smart about what you're doing and really what you're good going idea for. for an app like Tinder for houses, Tinder for like houses. swipe like left that. or swipe right. <laughs> like if you swipe right, then you get connected to the realtor. 
Yeah. Pretty good. I like that. Uh, we got an idea. The, yeah. I can make some money off that, I think. Too bad. We, no one steal it. Too bad we announced it on <laughs> yeah. the air. Now it's gone forever. <laughs> yeah, probably. So how, you, let's tell, learn about yourself. You you sure. grew up here in town. I did. And you, I was were, actually, you were born I was a actually, realtor. I was actually born up north near Chicago. Uh, my parents lived I up there. I could tell the region out accent. Yeah, and attitude. Yeah. yeah, Chicago, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago and coffee. You're, yeah. you're born eating Al's beef. <laughs> So I was born up there near Chicago, um, moved back down to this area when I was about seven years old, and then grown up here in Henry County ever since. So, hmm. All right. And so what got you into real estate? So I basically love working with people, and I love solving problems. So it's one of those things that I can put this together as a combination and really have a really fulfilling role in, in the county here that I can actually help people take the next step where they want to go and kind of work through the problems along the way. Yeah. We say solving problems. Like, does does Bill Hellstead just create problems constantly? No comment. <laughs> it's Mike McCallan. I know it is. I know it's Mike. No comment. <laughs> Bill Bill was my home inspector. How many times? That, how many times have you been picked over, Mike? Are you going to be the next? <laughs> no <guy>? comment. <laughs> That's a terrible interview if you were yeah. to throw stones. Mike Mike told me to uh, make sure that I remind you that he was the he was the first Tucker re- realtor that came on the show. True. Very yeah. true. I don't. I think he was trying to put you in your place. He feels threatened. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. So the, the would you describe the housing market right now as booming or like what is what's the what's the term that you would use? I would call the demand booming right now, yeah. but not the inventory. Um, when something comes on the market, it's going to go pretty quick if it's priced well. But getting something on the market is kind of the problem right now. There's not a lot of inventory out there right now. Yeah. Well, I. Well, we're going through this process right now. We're in in a few months. We're going to have to be selling this house, uh, and, and it's like, I, I, yeah. At this time, we present you with a with a business card. I see. I I complimented the man who I already have one of these. Oh, perfect. Yeah, from uh, another vendor at the Moreland Fair, author Mark Herb Kersman. Yes, good. and uh, he, he was gave my me neighbor card. at the fair. Yeah, and we were talking about how. How interesting the business card is that we both really liked that it was appreciate set that. in portrait and not landscape. Appreciate that. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so I've been watching uh, as as things happen and seeing like, uh oh, there's more houses. Mm. There's more houses that have come up for sale. That means that the inventory is going up, and oh, there's not a lot of houses for sale right now. So it's been a it's been interesting, but I don't. I, hasn't really slipped. I mean, we just talked about how fast Kirsten's home sold for. So, Absolutely. yeah, I, I think it's a uh, uh, Mr. Dave Ramsey, uh, who we both listened to, uh, described it as hot. Real estate's hot right now. So, it was, and uh, his own projection was that it it wouldn't be going down until late in 2020. Sure. Yeah. So, what kind of stuff do people look for? Is your if you find a prospective client and you you know you're assuming. <clears throat> That they're just looking at the city and any house could be for sale. What makes something desirable around here? And what what do they tell you that they want to find in a house? You're trying to solve a puzzle for them, I, I imagine. Am. I am, yep. So what I do, first thing is I like to sit down with a client and kind of really go through a list. And I've got a form that I fill out and say, okay, what are you looking for? Do you want something on the edge of town? Do you want it to be in town? Do you want it to be in the country with five acres? Um, all those factors try to play into it because – and then price comes into it, of course, obviously. If they want something in the country, it's automatically twenty, thirty thousand more instantly just because the house is in the country with a few acres. So try to take in all those factors and really figure out what they want. And then start the process of booking showings, going through the houses. And that's really one of the most helpful things with it 
is as we're going through those houses, I'm really getting a feel for who they are and what they want in the house. That way, as I really understand that, I see something come on the market, I'll give them a call and say, hey, you need to come look at this right away. And a lot of times you can get them in that house then. See, Cade, so you could sell your house in the country and then profit all of the uh, pocket all of the profit that you get and buy my house. I just don't think that Zach next door would really appreciate the uh, the gunshots from the gun range. Yeah, I've, I've got to have a gun range. Is that, <laughs> on, is that on your sheet? The, if you prefer uh, a gun it range, it can be. It can be. Yeah. <laughs> Finding options. So, like uh, school districts, I imagine are a big deal Absolutely. too. So, yep. somebody says they want to be in the tri district, that narrows it down. Or if they sure. want to be a Blue River or whatever it is. Sure. Yep. That would definitely narrow it down for sure. Yep. So, what do you, what do people ask for uh, the most? Like, what are they? What's what's a no go? Like if it has a bad roof, then automatically they're out. Or um, I'd say the biggest thing right now is move in ready. That's kind of the key term. No one wants a project. Um, everyone wants to come in, look at it, be the perfect house. They don't want any problems with it, and they want to move right in. Mm-hmm. Um, if it has a little bit of a fixer upper feel to it, they're not wanting to look at it as much right now. Right. And when you say fixer upper, you mean like you mean like major projects or just. So, like, if they have to paint, it's not a big deal. Or I'm saying like even that. dated. If it's dated, we're right. going to call that a fixer-upper because they have to work on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Something that has a mid-century modern They want it to style. look like HDTV so they can move straight in, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it looks like a time capsule, it might be a problem. Yeah. Orange shag carpet has to go. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the deal. Wall murals and stuff. Mm. The house that we are. I, some of those some of those are really cool, man. <laughs> I, that, some of the stuff that's left, in the, especially in this town, the late 60s and early 70s stuff. Like Mark Brim, we've, I, 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 saw, I, I find I old listings all the time, and I'll see stuff and send it to Mark Brim, and we're like, you know, yeah, we love the gold. We love we love the gold carpet or the green tub or yeah. all that stuff. The uh, the felt wallpaper and yeah. wood paneling. Always a nice touch. I love mm-hmm. a basement. Uh, that's coming a, a basement, down. A basement bar. Like, <laughs> that, that's like the ultimate. Yeah, you sent me a picture one time that you would love to have a like a basement bar with the like the cedar yeah the facade roof over it. Oh yeah, no, I'd be all about it. That'd be getting torn down. That's good stuff, man. <laughs> That's good stuff. Everybody likes something different. Very true. So uh, whenever you're, whenever you're, we're talking about the housing market being hot and it, it booming right now, and uh, just neighborhoods in general. What like. Uh, what role do you think that uh, municipalities and local governments have to play in getting things looking nice? Like, is that a big deal that people look at? Like, how how nice the parks are in the area and stuff like that? Sure, I'd say so. Um, things like parks, sidewalks, um, bike trails, that kind of stuff. All of those things definitely have a factor. People like that accessibility, those common amenities like that for sure. You mentioned bike trails on your profile. It said that mm-hmm. you like to bike in Westwood. I do. Yeah. yeah. I've never biked out there. The it's trails a lot of out fun. there are awesome. It's a lot of fun. Dodging Sweet. horses all the time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't run through any of their, their droppings. Right. Hopefully they've got a bag somewhere. We used to, yeah, we, as a kid we used to ride horses out there. I've never done the mountain biking thing there. I know a lot of people do, though. I mean, yeah, Westwood it's a little, is. A little 10 mile loop. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I live just right around the corner. I need to. Just see if I can go check it out sometime. Yeah, we go kayaking out there, but I would love to try mountain biking. Mm-hmm. I've never done it a day in my life. So. Yeah, Chase Payton and I catch fish out there. Everybody goes to Westwood for something. <laughs> it's a Westwood's different, an different awesome adventure. place in Henry County, but that's that's pretty interesting. What uh, what what are some of the big things that you think that the city or the county could do to to keep riding on this growth, to keep the market growing as fast as it has been? Um, I'm not sure specifically what they can do with it, but I think the whole idea of 
growing economically and bringing more business in is going to be one of the biggest things with it for housing market too. The fact that if the economy is growing locally, everything's growing with it. So anything right. we can do to encourage that, I'd say. Yeah. So we were we've we've talked about that before on the show about how uh, I think that both of us and Jeremiah and myself have both had the the kind of prediction that Newcastle is really one factory or something away from just absolutely exploding. Yeah, and it's doing so, well. Yeah, I, I think that we're in a really healthy place right now, and I think that we're we are going to continue to see the growth because we have a lot of good elected officials that try to that really care about the community. What uh, what's what's a new buyer? Your typical new buyer is it somebody that's look that's relocating into the communities. Somebody that's coming back to school, or somebody that's buying their second or third house. What's what's typical? Who do you, who are you seeing? I'm seeing a lot of movement from a smaller house, say, to a bigger one, trying to upsize. Um, there's definitely some push in from Indianapolis area, trying to move over like kind of the south side in the county, though it's kind of a short commute to Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that right now for sure. Um, yeah, a lot of upsize, a few downsizing from a two-story home, wanting a one level, that kind of thing. So that, that's kind of a different customer. If you've got somebody that's in town mm-hmm. uh, that knows knows Newcastle and is like, yeah, I want to live on Bundy. Sure. You know, you know they, they know that versus you've got somebody, you know, say you've got somebody that's coming in that's transferring to a factory or for some reason they're going to move in from out of state. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you how do you present Newcastle to them? Do you have certain places you try to bring them to or certain, you know, certain ways to show them around town, that kind no, of deal? No, because I don't want to press any kind of one area on anybody. I want them to let them decide exactly where they want to live. So I'll just take their criteria as far as the size of home, price point, all that, plug all that in, pull up all the homes that fit that criteria and then – literally drive around with them and start taking looks. Start to get my feel. Yep, get a feel for what they want. So Kelsey Myers is watching, and she's uh, she's a potential first-time home buyer, and she wants to know if there's any tips for her, the things she should be starting to think about or getting ready for. Sure. I'd say the very, very first thing right now is to get a hold of a lender, uh, either your local bank or find another lender, and get the process started for a pre-approval. With this market, it's pretty quick as far as a lot of times there's multiple offers on a home, and if that's the case – if one offer is sitting here without a pre-approval and the other ones have pre-approvals, the seller can't take the time to look at that because it's not to their advantage. So um, mm-hmm. you can spend a lot of time looking at a house, fall in love with something, and then not be approved at that point when you try to make the offer. And it really sets yourself up for disappointment. So I'd say the best thing is go and get that pre-approval first and then give a realtor a call. Be ready. So even before you call the realtor, have your have your financing in place and figure out, hey, I mean, I'm going to be approved for – whatever the value is ahead of time. Sure. You could always get a hold of a realtor first just to get the conversation started, but definitely get that process rolling with the financing as well. Yeah. So uh, whenever I was looking for a home um, in the Greenfield area last year, um, <clears throat> I didn't. we didn't have our pre-approval set up because we didn't know when we were going to be moving. And uh, there was, I think there were two realtors that we, that we talked to that wouldn't even deal with us then mm-hmm. because it was like, I, I could go and get pre-approved, and that would be fine, but I don't know if I'm even going to be moving until it's going to for like six months down the road, sure. so I didn't want to do it then. So is that something that you that you like to have uh, done first, or will you also take people that haven't done it yet? I will definitely take people that haven't yet. I always want to have that conversation very, very early on, though, because I don't want to waste their time with it. If they're going to be going looking for a house and then – by the time they find the one they want and then they haven't got the pre-approval yet and it's a uh, multiple offer scenario like that and they lose out on it. So 
to be fair to my buyers, I want to get them started as soon as possible so they can right because you don't want them to be disappointed whenever you're working with them right and then they come to me two months later and say why didn't you tell me to do that first so right I don't have that conversation Mm -hmm. then yeah that makes sense uh so there's been some there's been talk with some like local council candidates of uh, I know that there was a a poll listed by one council candidate of uh, do you think that people like to live where they work or live where they play, meaning like where the activities are. So trying to get a feel for um, if we need to focus more on economic development or if we need to focus more on expanding things are we a like bed- Westwood. Are we a bedroom community or are we, you know, do, do we have everything here, I guess, right? Sure. Um, it's an interesting question, something I haven't put a lot of thought into yet. Um, from what I've seen so far, I feel like we're a little bit of both. Um, I think we can definitely improve on local amenities as well, local restaurants, all that kind of thing to improve the local lifestyle here. But definitely I have seen that it is a bedroom community with people commuting back and forth to Indianapolis and such. Right, yeah. So when you have people that are looking at the area, uh, do they do you find them – talking about people that are moving from out of town, I guess. Do they? Do you hear them asking about new development? Hey, are there factories going in here? You know, we've had CAFOs or whatever that could end up in some of the rural areas or wind farms. Mm-hmm. That you know, all of these different possible developments. Mm-hmm. Do you find buyers asking about that and having an effect on on what they're doing? Yeah, I say it definitely does. Um, with that particular issue with the wind farm, of course, like, we knew it all would come up tonight. Um, <laughs> We're I think... contractually obligated to ask. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. <laughs> Um, what I've heard from my clients a lot of times is they want to know what's going on with it. Um, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? And that... yeah, well, John, is it going to happen? Uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Heck, if anybody knows. Yeah. yeah. And the the uncertainty with it has definitely had a negative impact on moving forward with certain purchases. I've had people definitely say, you know what, I, I don't know what's going to happen with it. I, I can't make this purchase. So I've definitely seen that impact for sure. Right, because there's a lot of – there are a lot of studies out there, and this is the one thing that uh, – you know the the wind the anti wind people have brought up a lot as property values and there's a lot of studies about that so I can see, definitely see where your buyers are coming from with just I don't know that especially out in the county if they're looking at sure. acreage you know but uh, so we won't press you too hard on that I want to know your exact opinion on windmills <laughs> I think the live feed's cutting out here guys <laughs> uh, yeah I, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch it uh, that that third rail is hot. Uh, yeah, all right. right. <laughs> so Dakota likes to start a lot of rumors. Yeah, that's right. A, a year or two ago, he started the rumor that he was going to run for county ca- or for city council and take <laughs> Mark Coger's seat and throw yep. throw your cousin off the board or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, the, the Coger side of these guys are all related. Over Dakota here. would somewhat be related too, somewhere. Yeah. Right? I think uh, so. Mark, uh, you're probably I, you might even be closer. You know, Mark and I talked about that, and I think that I am closer related to Mark than what you yeah. are. Uh, yeah, he's closer on my my grandfather's side. Yep. But anyway. Uh, We're all one big family. You, you start these rumors <laughs> that you're going to run for city council, and now you started the rumor last week that you're going to sell this house and move to Spiceland. Yeah, that's right. So that means I'm just uh, that means I'm gunning for uh, for Darren Jacobs' seat. I need to <laughs> I need to dethrone the socialists out there. You to liberate Spiceland. <laughs> uh, There's going to be so much freedom in Spiceland. They're not going to know what to do with it. They're going to those. Uh, I heard chickens well, I heard, for everybody, man. <laughs> There's a chicken. You, you get There's a chicken. A chicken you in every chicken. pot. I can be like Vermin Supreme. And everybody every, gets a chicken and a goat. A chicken in everybody in every pot in every backyard. And now it's illegal to not brush your teeth. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to wear a boot on your head. <laughs> anyway, uh, so you're gonna if you're gonna sell this place, you're gonna try to do like you did last time and just sell it yourself. Uh, well, see, yeah, last time I did try to sell it myself. Um, 
And Dakota I, gets a new idea about once a week, and then yeah, there's a sign in his yard. That's how it happens, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I was gonna have to move for work last year before I got switched back over to Newcastle. I was gonna have to live in and around Noblesville, um, and so I put my put my house up on the market. I'm like, I'm gonna try it, sell it myself. Um, and I had probably seven or eight people come through in just a couple months. Um, and I had one offer on the table and it was, so it was like, it felt like I was doing good, but I cannot tell you the amount of work that goes into trying to sell mm-hmm. your home by yourself because it's like you get home from work, you have someone that's going to come through and look at your home and it's a, they might not have a realtor. Some of them do. Some of them don't. So you have to show them around, and you have to get your house clean. You have to get it ready. You have to, you know, make sure that everything's printed out. Like I had a, I had a disclosure form that I had uh, printed out for every potential buyer, and it's just there's a lot of work that goes into it. Uh, so I mean, now I'm the chairman of the Libertarian Party of Henry County. I have a once a week at least podcast. I have the bonus content that we put out. I loved it, last night's episode, by the way. It was fantastic. It didn't happen. I was at the <laughs> fair, man. And so we were, it's, it's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it again. <laughs> but now you're on the show, so you have to try to sell me as to why I need to potentially list with how a can, How with can a realtor. John make your life easier? Yeah. Well, that's interesting you say that. That's actually my goal with real estate is always that. I want to make the process as simple as possible. So what I try to do is I try to take all those headaches from you guys. I try to take the paperwork. I take the pictures. Literally, I take all those appointments, and I make it so it's as easy as possible for you. Um, You've got a lot of stuff going, obviously. So my goal is to make it where you don't have to mess with all those details. That's my job. So so I don't mind doing it at all. It'll be a little bit different this next time, too, because I won't be living here. So it's not going to be like... I have two dogs that, you know, get the house muddy and they shed. So it's like I'm not going to have to worry about making sure that it's spotless every time because there's dog hair literally everywhere. But it's it's it'll be a lot better because now I won't have to drive to Spiceland to show my house. I I someone gives John a call and he's walking him through it. And that's all I know about it. Yep. Yeah. And if uh, if they come with you, do you, does the Tucker T cost extra, or do you just throw yeah, that the, in? Yeah, the Tucker T is pretty expensive. You we know? can't do it. We <laughs> can't, I charge per hour now. That's an extra that. percent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can't we can't uh, just n- not do the realtor fees because I had you on the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll talk. About it. <laughs> Life is negotiation, I suppose. Yeah, but good luck. Uh, I've I'm told that they're worth every penny. Uh, so you you've done this social media thing and you've dressed mm-hmm. up. Uh, or you, somebody has dressed up. I don't know if it's like Santa Claus. I don't know if oh, that was anything. Me. That was me. Yeah. But uh, you're dressed up as the foam Tucker T. Yep. And you do parades and videos. So I don't do the parades. There's uh, another guy that does the parades. You have a for stunt tee for that. Yeah. There's a stunt tee for that. <laughs> <laughs> I just do the tours on the T. Yeah. yeah. You don't do. You don't do your own stunts. Now, do you do yeah. the voice? The, do you do the voice in post, or do you try to talk while you're going? Oh, I talk the whole time, but I sped it up for my little cartoon voice version. Uh, nice. You have to check it out. The, the house you have a house listed on Parkview right yep, now, and I, you did Parkview. that one. Yep. Oh, which it, I went to and chatted with John Sunday to get to know him a little bit, and uh, you had an open house over there, and uh, that house is 
like 95% identical to my house. At some point, we'll have to have you, have you over, and you'll understand why Sarah and I are like, this is like surreal. This is weird. Going around, yeah. The stairway is the same. The fireplace is in the same spot. The kitchen. There's just minor little differences. Uh, finishing finishes and just you know flooring and that kind of thing because the houses were built 50 years ago, so they've changed over time. Right. It's the same, same everything. Very yeah. cool. And people design it to how they want it. That's and, it. Yeah. It's a... Uh, I don't know. It, it, uh, I, ju- I just can't even explain to you how, how much work it is to try to sell your own home. <laughs> so so if, if Dakota were to call you up yep. and you would come out and I would assume you come look at the house. Absolutely. And have a meeting with them and say, hey, here's the things you should do to get it ready to list. Yep. Or do you say, no, it's ready to go right now. We can, you know, here's what is we do. Is my house ready to go right now? We'll I, to, I worked. I'll look through it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, seen, he's seen three rooms. So, yep. yeah. <laughs> I I think that so whenever I was whenever I was showing my house uh the big things obviously were all the utilities like I've I've I put in a new air conditioning unit, new furnace, new roof, new windows, like everything's been redone and so that was like the biggest thing going back to what we were talking about earlier with what people uh look for um inside of a house. You said they're you like they like them to be moving ready right now. Absolutely. So uh, um appliances like the washer and dryer refrigerator stove those are those pretty big deals to people they are a lot of times um if they're all included with the home it makes it really nice somebody can come in um if it's like a usda loan or fha loan it's zero percent down or 3.5 percent down so they can use their cash for their down payment if they need it and not be going out and buying all new appliances right they just purchase it with the house yeah so it's definitely a selling point for sure that's sweet well if anybody's listening i have a a pretty decent refrigerator and brand new stove and brand new washer and dryer. It's also less less that you've got to pick up. And move a little, yeah, a little right. piece of me was left behind putting that washer. And dryer. I love that washer and dryer though. Uh, I guess I gotta leave it because I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to have to deal with the pain of leaving them out. Jeremiah doesn't need another. I don't want. I don't want to move it again. Yeah, you got a hole in your hand. Like, last time I took we off did the it. left side, the back side of my left hand, putting it in there, and I'd probably take the back side of my right hand off taking it out. Uh man. Mm. Uh, Mike Worrell said, I need to find somebody that's looking for a studio. Yeah, anybody who produces their own music, if you contact me right now, then I'll leave the sound files <laughs> up. <laughs> You'll have a chance to know. So um, do if somebody's got a house that's not moving ready yet and they want to mm-hmm. sell it, is it worth their time and effort to go through and put the paint on and, and update the kitchen to get it ready? Or is it better just to know, just sell it as it is and let them put their finishing touches on it? That's a discussion I have a lot of times with people. Um, so let's say we go into a house and it's a pretty dated color. And they're going to say, well, let's just list it the way it is and and see what it does. So if they're willing to put a little bit of time and effort into it, I like to have it a little bit redone, whether it's painted white or gray, neutral color. And that becomes kind of a blank slate for somebody to come in and they see it as their own. Um, it's a perception game. You walk in the front door, what's it look like? What's it smell like? I mean, the, all those, the five senses with it make a huge difference when you're viewing a home. You never know when they're going to taste it. They they may. You never know. <laughs> maybe not five senses. Uh, <laughs> does this paint taste like lead? No. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, maybe he kicks. Maybe. I don't know what he does. He may cook, cook brownies or something and put them on the counter. Could I don't, be. You know. Do you stage your homes? Um, a little bit. Yeah? Yeah. You put out the like the fake fruit and stuff? No. Nah. No, you don't go that far. You don't bake brownies in the oven right before no. people come over. You don't, uh, there you don't was, have like a garage full of spare furniture that you go put in a house real quick before showing, and then you take it back out. <laughs> there was a home that we looked at in the Greenfield area. 
way out of our price range, but we were like, eh, we're going to go through it anyway. Let's wait, race to realtor's time. <laughs> uh, well, we weren't with a realtor that time. And he was, uh, uh, we went through it, and a lady had staged this house like, I, I bet she was there all day the day before, just putting moving stuff in, and it was like she put a lot of her time and effort into mm. it. And it was like, it, she. whenever we w- went there, we were, I don't know, the the only couple that was in that house, and we showed up probably half an hour after the showing started, and we stayed there for a long time because no one else was there, and she just kept talking to us, and I thought, man, we've been here for almost an hour, and she put all this time into this home, and we're the only ones that have shown this, up. This is an open house? Yeah. Yeah, so it was, uh, I, I was like, that must be pretty disheartening. Do you get, do you get stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, that definitely can happen. So that's why I spend he, a lot. He of... just cries on the inside. He doesn't do it. <laughs> I, do, I do. I hide it, I hide it well. Yeah. This lady didn't cry on the outside either. I would have comforted her if she had asked for it, though. <laughs> no, that's why I do a lot of um, on social media now, just because the days of open houses aren't nearly as effective. Um, I can do a post on Facebook and reach eight, ten thousand people in one evening, whereas an open house. Uh, the other day, we had about ten to twelve people through that open house all day which is actually pretty decent for an open house. So the reach on social media is huge right now. So and the, you, the conversion probably isn't that great on an open house necessarily either. It's, it's something you do, but mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're very like, just as likely to have somebody see it on Facebook or you know, clicking through, sitting in their own kitchen. And than they are. and things like that. Yep, very true. Is that just with pictures, or do you do like live walkthroughs? Um, I do a lot of live walkthroughs. Yeah. Um, so I just have a, like a 360 cam I just got. Um, so I'll walk through with that and do live ones. Um, I'll do two-minute tours where I post it, where it's all done post-production with it, but going through and actually me physically walking through and showing the home. So I do those a lot, and then I'll do a lot that are more of like detail shots where it's done with video but just panning different details of the home and put right. those all together. So mm-hmm. I try to keep a pretty wide range of what I do on social media and keep it improving too. Yeah, your social media cool. has been on fire, man. You've Appreciate been that. Yeah. You've been doing awesome. Yeah, so you, you listed a house. We talked about it just before we started the show this, the, today on 11th Street in Newcastle, which is a it's a house that I remember is a pretty memorable one. It's a, a I think you called it a four square or something. Yeah, four square. Um, and it's got a, a great front porch and a, like a, a treated anti-slip front porch. I remember it as a candidate. You remember a lot of different things. You remember every dog you ever ran across, and you remember sure. a lot of front porches. So I, I, saw, the, I saw the listing, and uh, – uh, I, I I legitimately remember to remember that house and thought yep. that's a really cool one. But you did like the pictures you took of that one were were neat. You don't just take a picture straight on. Hmm. That house has a a garage with some ornate doors, and you know you have a shot that's just off to the side, and there's a little bit of a craftsmanship to what you're doing Absolutely. and take in marketing it. Absolutely catching the eye. Yep. And when I take the photos, um, one of the biggest complaints I get about um, looking at houses online is people don't know what the house feels like, the flow of it. Right. Um, so that's why I like to try to take pictures in such a way that it's um, each one leads to the next one. So in the one of the living room, you can barely see the dining room. And then the next shot, I'm in the dining room. So you knew that it walked through that way and then where the kitchen is. So when you get finished with the pictures, my goal is that you can actually know the layout of the home and know what it feels like in there. You've kind of got it memorized or you can, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the idea of it. Yeah, so do you think uh, you think I ought to take all these sound tiles down? And I think they're awesome. I think yeah. you should just embrace them. Yeah. <laughs> I think you, you think I should try to sell like this? studio space yeah. and two bedrooms? You can't beat that. It's oh, called sweet. a karaoke room. You haven't even seen <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you haven't even seen the basement yet. 
Oh yeah, the basement's beautiful. Yeah, it's dry. <laughs> it's dry. It's adequately lit. Yeah, it has a washer and dryer. It's it's lit up. Uh, this house comes equipped with two washers and dryers, John. That's awesome. It's yeah. it's a catch. It is. It really is. It's got a full ba- fenced in backyard. So the last guy didn't want to move the washer and dryer either. Is that what happened? Well, that was us. That was you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we moved the washer and dryer in down there, and then. We bought the new ones and turned the, one of the bathrooms into a laundry room. Okay. And it was like, uh, uh, some someday you might get way behind. Well, you, some, need- you know, I, I work in the electrical industry, and we deal with a lot of mineral oil. And whenever arcs happen in mineral oil and it burns it, it smells so bad. So whenever you get it on your clothes, you don't want to wash it in your regular washer and dryer. So Smart. that's where that came from. Yeah. Have you used it yet? I, I used it once. One time. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't get used a lot, but hey, it's there for the convenience of it. There you go. Okay. I have some stats. All right. I like talking numbers. Do you need a drum roll or something? Yeah. We'll, we can, we'll we put can Kate on the drum, drum roll. roll over there. Kate, you... <laughs> You're right. We do need a drum set in here. Uh, but I like talking numbers, John. And uh, there's some pretty interesting numbers that I came across on Dave Ramsey's website that he pulled from the. National National Association of Realtors, the sure. NAR, not the NRA. <laughs> but uh, in the month of April, the NAR actually reported record house sales across the nation, uh, which I thought was awesome. So it's not like a, it's not just a regional thing or a state thing that we are experiencing. It's it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but Indiana, they what they did was they listed, uh, they put a maps a bunch of different maps of the United States and then they color coded each state and Indiana was in the very top tier listed as quote unquote very hot. Um, basically one of the top states across the nation for how well the housing market is, is doing for buyers. Um, the, like we were talking about inventory being very low. It's very hot for buy for sellers. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, uh, but, uh, central Indiana broke it down even more is has a really high demand for houses, very limited supply like we were talking about. Uh, in 2013, homes were being sold above the asking price 28% of the time, but now that number is at 46%. Mm-hmm. So I bought my house in 2014 and bought it for above the ha- asking price. So now it, it seems like for buyers to get a competitive edge on things, it, they need to... They need to be smart about the offers that they put in because there could be a lot of them. Absolutely. Yep, and that's one thing. Even on the pricing strategy I get into is it's a seller's market right now, but that doesn't mean you're going to get above and beyond. I mean, we still have to have the house appraise. Um, we're actually seeing a, some, some appraisals right now. They're coming back a little bit shy right now. So you Because the see- market's moving faster. Mm-hmm. What, will, what they're willing to pay is moving faster than yep. what the – Lenders are reflecting. Yep. So buyers are going in in the highest and best situation where there's multiple offers, and they're willing to give above and beyond asking price, but then it comes down to comparables, and the numbers aren't there with it sometimes. So it becomes kind of a a catch-22 on that because, yes, it's a strong market, but if you price it so high, you're just kind of cutting yourself off later anyway. So Dakota's Dakota's numbers here said Indiana's average is between 48 and 60 days, and it's trending down for days on the market. What are you seeing? Do you track Henry County or Newcastle or what? Um, what do I don't you look at? I don't have that number on me right now for Henry County as far as the days on market. Um, I mean, they're the, doing the Cronk House obviously threw that way off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're we're down to twelve hours now. <laughs> <laughs> 
sweet. But uh, yeah, in the U.S., over half of the homes that were sold on the market uh, were on the market for an average of 29 days or less. Yeah. And like Jeremiah said, Indiana is between 48 and 60 days. Hmm. I mean, that's a pretty short amount of time. Absolutely. That's good. It's pretty incredible. And do your does the time on the market decrease whenever you list with a realtor? Um, I mean, that's going to definitely depend on that particular house and all that. Um, so I don't know exactly. Because I felt like whenever I was selling my home uh, by myself, by owner, mm-hmm. it seemed like people were more reluctant, I guess, to come and do a walkthrough sure. with me. Sure. Just me, a guy that they don't know. Sure. Um, coming to my house and walking through it. Like, it, it seemed like people were, um, yeah, more reluctant. There's definitely a level of trust there for a buyer to be able to know that they can talk to a realtor and walk in the house and be with that licensed professional rather than, yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you're shopping on Amazon and you see something that's like fulfilled by a third party and you're like, eh. <laughs> I'd rather get the Amazon verified product. You know, like that's, I feel like it's the same way with the, with uh, real estate agents because it's like, well. When you have, when you have a buyer's agent, you know, when you're working, if, if somebody goes and says, hey, John, I'm going to buy a house and you're going to take me around. Huh? You're working with John every time. Whereas, you know, you don't just necessarily call the person that has the listing and go, you know, sure. talk to five or six different realtors. At some point, you, you end up generally hooking up with one and that's the person you're working with. Sure. Hopefully that's the goal. So you, you've got that relationship yep. there. So you don't have the discomfort you would have had in, in your situation right. where they're like, oh, yeah, let's go talk to this 20-year-old kid and see what he's got for a house. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so whenever you um, whenever you have a buyer that you're working with, this is a question that I forgot to ask earlier, okay. um, but whenever you're working with a buyer and they do come across a house that's for sale by owner, do mm-hmm. you still work with them on that, like you know, work with the paperwork and contracts and stuff? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As much as um, the seller is willing to do that, we can do that. Okay, so cool. So a lot of times a seller doesn't want to work with an agent at all. Uh, they just refuse it. And there's obviously we can't force somebody to work with us at all. Right. But um, There ought to be a law, John. <laughs> typically, <laughs> I, I'll go to that seller and talk to them when I have a buyer. And I like to be able to represent the buyer on their home. And they're normally very very agreeable to that because I'm coming alongside and helping them sell their house. So, Oh, yeah. cool. Awesome. Yeah, I forgot to ask that earlier. You mentioned different financing options. Uh, when I was looking at my house, I I tried to look at USDA the first the, in the very beginning, and basically they didn't have. I guess it's a government program that's not always funded. Uh, so there were times where USDA just didn't have any money for an area. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing people doing more often? Is it FHA, which is the you know you put down three and a half percent, or mm-hmm. is it a conventional where they're just bringing money in and they finance sure. it, or how? What what I do you actually, usually see? I actually do have that statistic right here. So I was just talking with a gentleman the other day about this. Um, I guess he was saying nationally it's about 70% conventional. And I mentioned to him, I said, actually, it's almost reverse here is what I see a lot of times. So I looked it up to get the exact number on it. Um, On the homes that sold in 2018, sold to date right now from January 1, um, this is just in Henry County Residential. Conventional were 52 homes that had sold with a conventional loan. FHA was 34, USDA was looks like 58 and then VA was 13. So wow, the so USDA is wow. huge here. Yeah, yeah it's huge cuz Newcastle fits into the USDA guidelines. So if you go into Indianapolis or Richmond, they're just considered too large to qualify for that loan type. So right. Newcastle fits right in the middle of it, oh, which man. opens up a huge so We got to we got to keep this population down so we can <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. Yeah. So basically, it's a it's a the USDA is United States Department of Agriculture, mm-hmm. and they have a, a basically a program in place that says that in rural areas you don't have to bring any money to the table. Yep. Uh, it's one hundred percent financing. Yep. So you just you just start you can just you start just have paying property taxes right away. Yep. Yeah, Which so, are, are a little bit higher, I guess, than than you would have on a conventional. Say that part again. Your, your closing costs are usually a little bit higher. Yeah, um, a lot of times, if a home's listed, let's say a hundred thousand, and it's a USDA buyer, they don't want to put any money down at all. We'll ask for the seller to pay up to thirty five hundred in the for the buyer's closing costs, prepaid, and escrow accounts, so their taxes and insurance, all that. So they got nothing out of pocket mm, at all. Right. Yep. All right. So the the prices for homes. Is is like we we talked about is increasing. Um, Indiana has seen a six percent growth in prices. Uh, Dave Ramsey on his website uh, said that it's probably going to keep climbing until late of twenty twenty. So it's I mean, do you, do you see that happening, or do you do you think it's leveling out or staying pretty pretty good for people? How's that crystal ball? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to know how, to, how. I want to know exact numbers. Exact numbers. For the I'm, year, predi- I'm gonna predict them right now. <laughs> for the right? year 2020. So, I also want to know who's gonna win the presidency in 2020. Oh, bring it. Yeah. yeah. Something interesting <laughs> I've been kind of watching are the interest rates, and that definitely changes what someone can afford. Just for quick, simple number here. Um, so in August of 17, the average interest rate was 3.86 percent. Okay. Whereas right now, that average right, like a 30 year. Mm-hmm, 30. Yeah, it's all 30 year fixed rate. Um, right now, it's about 4.6. So doesn't seem like a lot. That's what 0.74 of a percent on interest. Yeah. A lot of people are going to go whatever. Doesn't matter. When you actually look at the purchasing power on that, if someone were to get a conventional loan for 150 thousand with 20 percent down. Their monthly payment would be around five sixty three. If they want to keep their payment at that exact same amount at the new interest rate at four point six, that brings their purchase price down to one thirty seven on what they can afford to keep the payment the same. Oh, so wow. it's a pretty significant yeah. drop. Whereas somebody before who wanted to buy a house for one hundred seventy thousand, they're looking at the one fifties now. So well, it's a and pretty I think big difference. The, I think that the Fed, the Federal Reserve, announced that they were gonna they were going to raise interest rates on their side. Um, Two more times in in twenty eighteen, and then one time in twenty nineteen. So it, it it really it's it's impressive that the the pricing is increasing as much as it is because you're putting a squeeze on the purchase price as well of people. Absolutely, yeah. Hmm. I didn't realize that it made that much of an effect. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like a small amount, but yeah, amortized over thirty years. It's a big difference. Quickly. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That was really neat. Huh. Okay. So, uh, oh crap. Yeah. I just ran out of I just ran out of numbers. I thought I had one more, but I ran out. I'm That's sorry. Okay. I apologize it greatly. Happens. <laughs> I don't know how I'm ever going to recover. Well, we're just gonna let you sit here and stew, stew in your wrongness. Yep, I guess you're you're struggling, and we're just gonna put you on the put you on the fence and make you tap dance. <laughs> Deal with it. There's a there. Darren Jacobs is sitting in his car laughing right now. Yeah, you're wrong, and you're just gonna sit there and. Yeah, and, and Darren Jacobs is it. one of those guys that I was just talking about that doesn't have Facebook, and I'm irritated about it. Get back on Facebook so that I can bother you, Darren. We are uh, we're gonna announce a show. We can do it now. Darren's gonna come on for a uh, <laughs> for the Brad Brewers in here. I don't know if you work with Brad. On his, uh, yeah, I know at, Brad well. Yep. Is it in his lending capacity or is uh, uh, a little bit of everything, or yeah. in his his Pokemon capacity? <laughs> <laughs> Because that's how I know him. The, and the that, Pokemon that and the Trump capacity. rallies. Uh, yeah. Does he wear a MAGA hat everywhere? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen him without it, actually. Yeah, <laughs> he's 
He's uh he's intense. I love it. He leads dedicated. The, leads the local chapter. Uh, I I gave Brad hell the other day because I saw on Facebook he liked the local Republicans and I'm like what the what is wrong with you and then yeah. two minutes later I got him to like our page. Don't give Betsy Mills all of your support. Send some my way as well, Brad. Come on. Yeah, that's the way it goes. <laughs> that, that's the way it goes. You can you can watch. You just have to mute it. It's it, it's cool, John. <laughs> Be like Craig Armstrong. We had this echo last week and I couldn't figure out what was going on. It was because Craig had his had his phone mark up all all the way through. Was that what it was? It was. Yeah, I kept hearing it too. <laughs> yeah, it was, I was like it was Craig. I was like, do we have the effects on on the board? <laughs> no, I, I was... no, it was set to zero. It wasn't that at all. Huh. It was it was our guest being difficult. Uh, <laughs> that's all right. Come on, Craig, man. So is uh is Brad your favorite place to send somebody for a loan? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. See now he's loosened up and he's he's yeah, absolutely. But if it was no comment an hour ago. Yeah, was. nothing. So now you're loose. Um how many oh, times how many times do people say I wanted to come to you because I just don't like Mike McCown. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Still no comment on that one. Dang. John's just like you can go to him for pictures. But if you want to buy a house, come yeah, to me. Yeah. That's right. That's it. That's a, I don't know. The studio that was purchased that we were going to be leasing had his face on the side of it. Did it really? Yeah, it did. It was listed by Mr. McCown. Oh, all right. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know that. It wasn't listed by John. Dang it, Mike. I don't know. John might not do commercial work. He might only be residential. Mainly mainly residential. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You are killing it, by the way, in the like the city of Newcastle. For sure. Uh, I drive around a lot for my day job around here, and it's like... And that says John Kindred. That says John Kindred. Yeah, you're doing awesome. It's man. the uh, it's the Mexican restaurant menus. That's what that's what's doing. Those get a lot of comments. Yeah, they really do. Really? Yeah, people Maybe feel awkward we... while they're eating and I'm staring at them, but it's okay. <laughs> we need to put our just, faces in there. Just looking you right back in the eye, going, "Yeah, yeah. you yeah. need another. You need more chips and salsa. Get another basket of chips." <laughs> yes, I love it. They're free. Yeah. Who who doesn't love? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we should do that, Jer. We need to put our, <laughs> we need to put our faces in, in uh, El Chili's menu. El Chili's menu, or maybe on the stacks mugs. I mean, there's there's options. Yes, We've got absolutely. things. You could do things. Well, we you, just, I mean, you can get on the menu the menu where you the the placemats. We need to get more sponsors of our own in order to afford to sponsor ourselves in places. Very complicated. Yeah, there's so many places. to It's spend a very money. delicate balance. So many places to spend money. It's <laughs> um, all right. Oh man, we we just got a new banner though. That's some news. You got a new banner. It'll be, up, it'll be up in MVP. No, I was trying to make the announcement a second ago that, uh, and I, I totally got myself sidetracked. Uh, Darren Jacobs is going to do the show. Uh, it will air in early September. Uh, it's ninety nine point nine percent going to be a uh, a pre recorded episode, but we won't spoil it for you. Uh, and there's a good chance that some of the co hosts, we don't know who, we're going to maybe we'll do a coin flip or a, a short straw, are going to be. Uh, Taste testing some ghost peppers on the air. Yep, I'm ready for it. I like it's spicy gonna, stuff. It's gonna, it's gonna be bad radio. <laughs> <laughs> it may yeah, be really good video, but bad radio. Johnny, you want to come back for that one? No, I don't do ghost hot peppers. Space. You don't do hot stuff. Ah, come on. What's hot to you? Is it like, uh, like? I'm what? talking mild salsa. Los Amigos is too hot for me. Yeah, do, not quite. But. Do you put salsa uh, on at Taco Bell? No, Can, you don't do anything. No. Oh, really? Really? No. I love the God, You are white. <laughs> the Diablo sauce is the best at Taco Bell. But Kirsten has got a – she's in the live chat right now. She's got a really good question. Um, you know, she said – she's asking, how much uh, business do realtors get by just being the, the first person to respond on a Zillow request? 
Um, so Zillow's kind of different on how it works. Sometimes Zillow's set up where it's like a round robin on different agents. So the phone will ring and all of us will get a phone call at the same time. Okay. So I will call out Mike McCown on this one. He's really, <laughs> really slow at answering. So, <laughs> so he gives me gives me a lot of trouble all the time for that because I always try to beat him on the Zillow calls with it. So it does. I and mean, if you're the first one to answer the phone, you're getting that lead. Is that, uh, that's know, where a lot of people are going is to Zillow, and that they're I guess they they contact people in that way. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of lot of leads coming in from Zillow, uh, Realtor.com, a big one as well. Yeah, I know. Well, I know uh, regarding Kirsten's question, how I found my realtor in Greenfield whenever I was looking was because of a Zillow request. He sure. was the first person to call me back. Yep. And I was like, oh, okay, this is the guy I'm working with now. Yep. So, it, I mean, super great guy. I wish I could remember his name to give him a plug. <laughs> but, I mean, that was a year ago. Come on. Uh, wow. wow. If a, a year in the Greenfield real estate market, that guy's probably living in Boca now. He's retired. Yeah, Just probably. Fat and happy. The Yeah, it was nuts over there when I was looking. And I was also looking in Pendleton. Yeah. Uh, Man, if I could, if That's, this house was in Pendleton, I I wish, man, I could get like two hundred thousand dollars more for this home over there. It's it's nuts. Henry County is very affordable, and I'm happy about it. Like I know, yeah. I know that all of our houses would be worth a hell of a lot more money, but you can actually afford to live a very very high lifestyle. I, I have friends all over the country, and I show them what we have here, and they're like, oh, "You gotta be kidding me!" Hmm. You know yeah. that house you listed today for one 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 forty four forty four, yeah. Yep. Um. It just it's surreal what that would you know if that was sitting in Fountain Square in Indianapolis that's a two hundred and fifty thousand three hundred fifty thousand dollar house and that home is like meticulously maintained yeah two thousand square feet four bedrooms it's amazing yeah yeah Yeah, I know that's that's all I kept thinking about whenever I was over there because I I gave the guy my you know my budget and I was like but I would really like to stay below this number because I think that that is the money that I'm gonna have and I can I can do that without a lot of debt. And he's like, he's like, okay. And then he starts showing me these houses. I'm like, these are gut jobs, man. Like, <laughs> I can move down the road in Newcastle and get one where I, I just have to slap some paint on, dude. And it was it was nuts. And like, the closer that you got to Noblesville, the higher the prices mm-hmm. shot up. It's insane over there. That, that's whatever, why pe- that's man. why people are looking over here. I would imagine <laughs> that's right? exactly yeah. right. I mean, that's why you have a forty minute commute and spend fifty thousand less on the house pretty easy. And if we yeah. can ever get three lanes on I seventy, man, I think that's the that's the next big economic development thing for us over here to make that commute better. Hmm. I figured yep. it'd be windmills. If we could get windmills, it'd really <laughs> blow up. <laughs> what do you uh, think about that, Cade? Uh, you so whatever the community decides. Yeah. No, no comment works well too. If you yeah. want, I've been using all that. <laughs> <laughs> I think at this point I could come out and complete fighting against him and still be fought against over it. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Well, it's because you're posing, man. Well, you came out. You, you came have... out on the show. You're like, I don't even want uh, abatements, and then you still get harassed yeah. at a meeting. Like that's nuts. It's crazy. I just want it all to be over. There with. were a lot more people there that were happy to see us. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I know, so. you talked to Susan Hoon, didn't you? Yep. Sweet. Uh, Brad. Gave you a nice shout out in the chat. He said that you're the absolute best. He said, "He said John is the absolute best realtor. <laughs> absolute best. <laughs> Thank you, Bradley. Believe uh, me. Uh, he just wants to get some potholes filled. Am I right? Yeah, that's that's, what, all that's Kim, exactly call Kim what he Kronk, said, man. That's all Kim yeah. Cronk's job. <laughs> call Kim. He's personally responsible for every pothole. Yeah. He, well, he he. Hey, listen. Kim is the greatest commissioner <laughs> because he listens to me on Citizens of Henry County. Uh 
Okay. We are having some fun tonight. Yeah, we are. This has been a, this is a good episode. I like having John on. Maybe we need to make you a permanent fixture over here. Awesome. If you sell my house, we can make that work. All right. We'll negotiate the commission <laughs> for the pay here. How much longer? <laughs> how much longer are we going to be at the Moreland Fair with the Libertarian Party? We're going to be there until Saturday. Okay. So I'll, I'll be out there Saturday night. You can come see John me. John can again. come by and take his shirt off and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm retired. From that. I'm retired. In 2012, Rupert, uh, Rupert was running for governor with Libertarians, and he had Uh-oh. them lined up about five booths down. I don't know if you could attract that kind of a crowd, John, but I, for the Libertarian Party, I'm willing to try. I, I, I won't be there, but you know, Dakota, will, Dakota can organize traffic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's awesome. So we have some other numbers. Uh, I, I think we've we've beaten the Henry County real estate market down about as far as we can go. But we have some other numbers about how uh, the real estate market and how we were talking about earlier, how it's all inter- intertwined with uh, the local community. But how just the market in real estate affects other parcels of the economy. And I thought that was pretty interesting because I, I pulled some stats from uh, – the Cato Institute, um, and I pulled some stats from Dave Ramsey. also pulled uh, some stats from this your, website called WeForum. I, I, I just want to pause for a second. Your wife says she'll be there if you take your shirt off at the fair. <laughs> Ooh, like so it. we've got one. So, yeah, the line is formed. So I'll be home for that later. <laughs> oh, I think she's listening. That's sweet. Uh, just don't be too loud. My parents have to sleep tonight. Oh, boy. Yeah. We did, we discovered earlier that John and and my parents are neighbors. Yep. Yeah, we yeah. should give some context to that. Yeah, yeah sure. actually. My dad yeah. texted me earlier and yeah, that's said weird without context. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my dad texted me earlier and was like, "I think that your guest is my neighbor." I was like, "Yeah, we we already talked about that." Did he notice cuz he was painting his car up like like going off to semi state. He was like, "Off to do the Boss Hog show and he rode on the back of the truck." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe did you did you uh go over and talk to him? I didn't tonight, no. Uh, that's probably because he's not home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back, back to your back numbers. To, back to the the other numbers that I had. Um, so, like, like I said, like three different three different sources I have for these. I don't know much about WeForum, where some of these came from, but it's a .dot org, and uh, and the Libertarian Party of Henry County has a .dot org site, so you know it must be pretty good. <laughs> but uh, they said uh, the Cato Institute said that whenever housing prices double, then uh, market goods are also expected to to uh, raise in price, which is about 15 to 20%. Um, so whenever your housing prices double, then 15 to 20% on your groceries, the things you buy at the store. The Midwest right now, like we talked about earlier, has seen a 38% increase, so we're not quite double, but we're getting there. Uh, and then I, th- I believe the next one came from Cato Institute as well. Whenever market goods, the groceries that you buy at Walmart, Kroger, Aldi, whatever, uh, whenever they rise, they obviously lead into an overall cost of living increase. So other markets, other people in other stores, other markets will look at the prices that grocery stores are setting, uh, what market goods are, and then increase their prices accordingly because they're, that's what they watch. That's, a, that's kind of our base for, uh, for other stores. And I'm sure that you guys watch that at the farm stand. Like, mm-hmm. how much can we charge for corn and be competitive with Kroger and places people go for? Yeah, we just we just offer a superior product and then sell <laughs> it a little bit cheaper than they can. Yeah, that's right. And and they have zucchini that's the size oh, of, dude, the zucchini? of, a, of yeah. a leg of a child. So my mom and dad actually bought some of that zucchini and made some zucchini boats mm-hmm. and, like, filled it with pork sausage 
and uh, spaghetti sauce, cheese. That sounds good. Yeah, and I I met him up at the uh, Norris English Pub the other weekend, and they had wrapped him in foil and just stuffed him in some some wood coal, and they were they said they were awesome. I didn't even try them. I'm gonna have to try it though. We had those uh, are stuffed peppers. I always like stuffing our peppers too. We took uh, some zucchini from uh, from the. LNK produce stand and uh, Sarah shredded it and made a. We don't do pasta, so we used it as a, in a, like a pasta bake. So mm-hmm. it was uh, meat sauce, zucchini, cheese, and I had it again tonight. Phenomenal. I fried and we're eating counter, very well. To counterbalance the healthy foods, um, you've got the donuts. Another hot commodity we have in <laughs> stock right now is the is the blueberry cake donuts. I know Audrey was. That's the way you bought your way out of the if, show the first if time. If you guys have been waiting for those, they're they're at the stand now. Uh, Audrey was begging me today to ask you to bring some tonight. Yeah, and I was like, Audrey, I'm trying to lose weight for Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I feel the pain because I can't eat them either. I gotta I smell them and see them and do all that, and I can't. I can't. Because I knew them. I couldn't. Like, if, if you'd brought some and they yeah. were sitting downstairs tomorrow morning, just I would have just them. ripped. Yeah. yeah, they're so good out there. The Aud- blueberry. Audrey's oh. phone works too. She knows how to get a hold of kids. Yeah, that's right. It's not like she you could, have to ask. It's like she, she could ask Jade. At it's least. also a pretty short drive. I mean, she could always. Yeah, she can always. She just, could have just said something to her mom, yeah. and your mom would. Her you mom would. She have can seen grab you. Dakota's debit card and go spend his money. <laughs> <laughs> She's got one of my credit cards already. Let's not let's not breach into debit card territory. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so whenever whenever market goods increase, cost of living increases, <clears throat> and then the weform.org, uh uh, brought this interesting point up was that <clears throat> the more people that are looking or the cost of living expenses end up driving more people to look for better jobs in the area that they that they live in currently the area that they bought their home for or that they bought their home in end up looking for better jobs in that area and whenever people start looking for better jobs they're looking for higher pay better benefits uh, so that they can keep living in that area that they're in um that ends up uh, creating a nice little competition between employers in the area. Mm-hmm. So, oh, uh, TS Tech is t- paying this much, and the guys at Boar's Head see that, so they say, "Well, we need to raise our prices because we, or we need to raise our wages because uh, we are also looking for employees because people are moving into the area because the housing market's doing well." Working so, for a steel fabricator, I can tell you that wages are going up, and they have been going up. Yeah, uh, what we're paying and what we're, tra- we're having to do to try to attract people to come work, and uh, yeah, it's good. It's churning right now, man. And uh, obviously, wage increases, more people working, more people that aren't going to the work one offices for their checks anymore. That means more taxes for local governments. Um, so, uh, yeah, for, for now. Well, whenever till we eliminate well, government. Yeah, till we eliminate government. But we we do talk about the. We did talk about earlier in this episode specifically about the role that local governments play. And uh, whenever local governments have more tax dollars, then obviously they can keep improving on those local parks. They can keep improving on building sidewalks in new areas like they're doing right now uh, in Jeremiah's neck of the woods. So almost almost to my neck of the woods. Yeah, but they can keep making those improvements that keep making the area more marketable to people who are looking to move. And... That just means that the cycle continues because as the area becomes more marketable, more people start looking at it, then more people want to buy houses, and then it just keeps in going in a circle. However, one thing that I did see on the Cato Institute's blog was that there was a, a really good balance that had to be kept in check. Um, government's not getting arrogant 
and getting ahead of themselves and trying to do things that they didn't have the money for. One thing that I thought about whenever hey, I man, read we that, needed that monorail. Okay, I don't care what you said. We needed that <laughs> yeah, monorail. Exactly. Uh, but one of the things that I thought about was uh, places like Carmel in Indiana right now. It's insane. Carmel is $880 million in debt. They lost their AAA credit rating. Wow. It's hard to do. Yeah. That is hard to do as a government. I mean, I could, if I worked at it a while, I could borrow $880 million, but <laughs> I don't know if I could get people no, to keep lending it to No, it's hard to lose your me. credit rating. Like they, it, the, the state tries to keep uh, local municipalities in check because that they try to keep the businesses coming to the state and keeping things good. Carmel lost that, and it's because they they got arrogant because of this cycle. And in step five of that, whenever they got more tax dollars, they thought that they were going to keep getting more tax dollars, and they didn't think that they were ever going to stagnate, which they did. And now now they're struggling. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't know it by going through there, obviously. Carmel's a beautiful place. I go there all the time for work. and it's But, yeah, it's just knowing $880 million in – could you imagine going to a county council meeting, or could you imagine hearing Aaron Dickens say that we were eighty, eight hundred million dollars in debt? I would, I would lose my mind. They haven't announced the cost of the new youth sports facility yet. <laughs> <laughs> and they also haven't announced the cost of the new jail. Uh, but you know, if Ken and Gray gets his way, we'll have a raise a new tax to to pay for that. You done mudslinging? Yeah, I'm, I'm mudslinging <laughs> on Kenan. Nah, we talked to Kenan that yesterday at the fair. Yeah, yeah. He tried to give me a sticker. I said no, man. Unless you put a libertarian bumper sticker. Yeah, on Yeah, a, a, a trade would have worked. Yeah, we I was like, you can put this. Trade. You can put this libertarian bumper sticker on your car, and then I will put it on my shirt that I'm only going to wear tonight. That sounds fair to me. <laughs> oh well, I, John has no interest in your conversation at all. He is yeah, he's tuned even, out. He's not even talking to me anymore. Because Democrats, Libertarians, and Republicans all buy houses, and it's just not safe. <laughs> <laughs> and independents. I'm here to make friends. And devout yeah, socialists. Right. They all need houses and yeah. realtors. Just as long as you never sell a house to Darren Jacobs, I'm okay. <laughs> no, that's I'm just joking. So here's a quick question. You can, you can sell Darren my house. Um, as far as uh, the president goes, has there been anything that our current president has done in the last couple of years to help with the housing market? Um, I think economically, as things are improving, that's also having a trickle-down effect on housing. Um, one thing I saw during the election actually was kind of interesting on housing and interest rates and all that. Interest rates were extremely low right then, so we had a ton of just rush. Um, in 2016, from November, December, January, February, had record months for our company in sales. Um, everybody was just rushing, buying houses as fast as possible while the rates were so low. And then that's part of, in my opinion, nationwide we've had this shortage now is that they all got purchased up then pretty much. And we've been in a slow incline it's back. Like, building it's like cash back. for clunkers. Same, <laughs> same deal. <laughs> they, Hi, uh, I'm Monica Peck. They, they played with the market and took the took the inventory away, and now that's, that's caused everybody to have to, to find something or, you know, it's, it's created a shortage. Yep. You don't mess the with only question demand. then would be is if it's a boom or a bubble, right? Right, yeah. Well, well, the, a lot of the bubble was people bar. And I don't know if you see this yet or not, but people borrowing beyond what the house is worth. You know, you see the hundred yeah. percent loans, but you yeah. don't see the hundred and five or hundred and ten percent stuff that you sure. had a decade ago. Sure. Yeah, that's so. what creates. That's what creates your bubble, in in anything really mm-hmm. is it, is it not having the foundation underneath it to support it, and then it pops. Yep. 
And I think that right now, with the with the steady growth that we've seen, it's been very healthy. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I. It's hard to call it a bubble, but it's hard to look at it and see how good things are going and not be suspicious. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that. I, That's I guess, kind of what that, I was getting at too. Is yeah. look, looking at it from I really don't have a whole lot of experience in it, but looking at it from where I'm at, that's you know, yeah, it looks great, but you kind of have to question it a little bit. With exactly. The, the, Im- the important thing is that you have a lot of different employers involved. You know, Newcastle and Henry County took a big beating when you lost two or three key employers, huge factories that were the backbone of you know of the payroll for the community. Yeah. When Chrysler, Modern Fold, or Chrysler and Modern Fold went away, and and Sheffield or uh, Allegheny went away, those three alone, Grady were, downsized and, and Grady, yeah, it, the, you know, other companies getting smaller. That downturn takes a tremendous amount of payroll out of mm-hmm. the community, which then hurts the ancillary, you know, it hurts the realtors, it hurts the the barbers, it hurts the the pizza kings of the world. All of those businesses suffer because you don't have the manufacturing base that you know, Central India is based on. Yeah, I, I you know I can't <laughs> I mean I, I can't imagine how strong the economy must have been when Chrysler here. There may have been seven or eight pizza kings in town. I don't know. Yeah, it would have been I don't know. I always think about that and it, you think of there's definitely whenever you come to Henry County Newcastle for sure. There's this overwhelming sense of nostalgia for for how things sure. used to be, and you listen to political candidates that are that are running for office right now, and they a lot of them try to feed on that nostalgia, and it's like it's like listen, man, there's never been a better time to be a human on the face of the earth. We are living in the golden age of literally everything. We live we, in the age now of Crider's onion rings and the internet. <laughs> we have both. I saw some complaints about Crider's. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Crider's this past weekend, and I got some pulled pork and uh, the mac and cheese that had jalapenos in it. Oh, man. The pulled pork was amazing. Good stuff, man. I love that place. Good stuff. Had to Had to plug it in. But it's going to cost you at least $600 for me to plug that again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we are getting to that time in the show. We probably ought to get to final thoughts. Uh, John, you've been a great guest for us. Appreciate that. Uh, Appreciate you having me here. What kind of – if people want to follow you, learn about you, you know, anything else you want to share. I'll try to zoom in on this. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I I do also want to take an opportunity. um, So my wife and I are both really involved with our church. Uh, We go down to Community Bible Church down – it's just south of Cambridge City – um, one thing we're doing coming up here is it's called a community day. It is August 25th from you hold that up, 11 to 3. Oh, you can zoom, zoom in on there? Yeah. yeah. I just screenshotted this off of Facebook. So. Yeah. We've got we the go. graphics. So if you're watching the live cam, uh, John has a – he brought his own infographic. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> so what this event is, um, like I've went to different churches, and sometimes you walk in, it feels awkward, and you don't know what the place, things like that, and – I don't like that feeling. So we, this event is all about is allowing people to come in, see who we are, uh, allow us to meet them, get to know them, and feel comfortable there. So if they want to come back to church and visit, they're completely welcome anytime. Um, I was talking to a guy about that the other day. He's like, I don't have any church clothes. We don't wear church clothes there. Um, we have farmers and everybody there, contractors. Uh, there's one guy that wears bib overalls every Sunday morning. It's, it's not about dress or anything like that. So we just want you to come. So I just want to invite everybody to that as well, your listeners. Very cool. Uh, And that was the name of the church? It's a community Bible church. It's at 4141 Nickel Plate Road, Milton, Indiana. Milton. Milton, Indiana. We know Milton well. Yeah, I know Milton. That's on the way to Uh, Liberty. Yeah. Do you you ever go to the, uh, what is it, RJ's? 
the the pizza. I've been there before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they got really good pizza there. So, and if people want to uh, to to look at one of the houses you've got, if they're ready to sell their house, if they want to just talk about stuff, what, yeah. uh, what how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, so give me a call or text directly. It's pretty easy. Number seven six five four six five nine four zero nine, or you can follow on Facebook. We have a page called the Taylor Team. It's where me and Kara Taylor work together quite a bit on getting things sold. So you can go in there and follow it. Um, Instagram, same there as well. So. Absolutely. All right. And then are you, do you have any more days out at the uh, Moreland Fair? I'm, I'm done with You're that. You're done? Now, I am actually. too. Dakota's going out again this weekend, but I got, uh, I've got other stuff. I'll be there. in and out Saturday. Found out. Uh, I mean, my dad's got a birthday party Saturday, so. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I might come over and say hi to him then. Okay. There you yeah. go. I think I'm going to go Saturday morning around that 5K. You are. So this is the big yeah, announcement. Yeah. Nate, Nate Lamar invited me to come out and run it, so I figured I would. Is Nate going to be you know, wearing his his classic Nate Lamar city count or county council shirt? He he might be. Yeah. I hope so. Have to show up and find out. Nate's a Nate's a great dude. Yeah. I just saw him the other day, and uh, uh, I I don't know. I just love talking to Nate. He's yeah. a really good guy. So you've you've taken up distance running amongst the the, the <laughs> jujitsu and the uh, the you you had your first competitive event. Yeah, last la- weekend. Last weekend, mm-hmm. and you uh, you nearly killed a guy. No, it wasn't that bad. Uh, you dropped the man on no, his head. It was my, uh, it was my first. It was my first uh, competition. Um, I've only really been training for about a year, but I uh, went and tried it's a it year out. Longer than we've trained. I had one other. I had one other guy in my weight class, so I only had one match, um, and it went uh, two and a half minutes or so. Um, ended up, I made a mistake. He ended up on top in an armbar, and I tapped. So, quitter. In jujitsu, it's just one of those things, man. You don't. Yeah. Uh, you don't lose. You just learn. So whenever uh, I took a Bushido mm-hmm. and for a few years, and I got second place in mm-hmm. the state yeah. for bow staff fighting. Yeah. So maybe one day we can have a pay per view on the Boss of Liberty. <laughs> That'd be awesome. The first <laughs> round. The first round will be. You, you have to pick. We talked about this as a group chat. Which we have to. There, there's which one of the Lightfoots do you want to arm wrestle? Ooh, that's in a the tough town. choice. That's a tough choice. Brady it's or Scott. not a tough choice. I'll take Scott. Okay. Have you? Have you? You're gonna take Scott? <laughs> yeah, why not? Have you seen the pictures he's been posting on Facebook? He's been hitting the gym. He's been hitting the gym so, hard, man. So, so the the undercard will be John and uh, John and Scott arm wrestling, <laughs> and then the, the main event will be uh, will be uh, Caden Caden Dakota. Only if I get to use the bow. And and Brad says John ran an Ironman. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, it's a Ironman seventy point three in well, Miami. I, so you ran an Ironman. It also means you swam and yeah. biked an Ironman. You yep. did them all. Yeah, do you have like, the Do you have the Ironman tattoo somewhere? I don't actually. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my goals in was, life to run an Ironman and get the Ironman tattoo. I would have had to done like half of the M because it was only half an Ironman, so that would have been kind of lame. Now, so. so you did. An, <laughs> it's like the thirteen point one. Yeah. Uh, so you did the Ironman. Was Tony Kanaan in, in Miami? I don't know, the IndyCar actually. driver? I don't know. Maybe. He's got Cambridge City roots. Really? His wife is uh is from his wife is Laura guy. Lauren Bolander, uh, who is uh from Cambridge, and her parents are the people that run Poor Jack. How okay. do you know this much so about an IndyCar driver? He's so full of knowledge when it comes I know. to that. So, when, so this is I, I literally walk out of the Moreland Fair last night and I point out to Sarah one of the rides or whatever's got all these IndyCars on. I'm like, that's why. <laughs> that's why that's why the background's all the IndyCars. You know, we had an episode You know who the home builder before is before the uh, The Incredible Rex Bell. Uh, before the Indy 500, we had Mike McCowan on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, these I remember two, that these two guys and my neighbor Zach Bertram were he who's also a huge IndyCar fan. Zach should be listed when when you sell your house. Zach Man. should be listed as one of the things that come with the house. <laughs> <laughs> World's greatest neighbor. He'll look after things for you. You know, some some 
whenever I tried to sell it the first time, some people were asking about the neighbors, and I was like, people across the street and next door keep to themselves. This guy over here, man, though, <laughs> he's rowdy. You got to watch him. No, Zach's a, a good neighbor. Every time that I'm out of town, he's like, hey, man, a car just pulled up in front of your house. Just want to let you know. It's a it's a white Malibu, and I'm like, that's my mom, dude. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for checking me in on it's me, okay. though. I appreciate it. It's okay. So you, you in the last week have started running these long distance races or long distance training. You you ran well, around Baker Park. It's like been a three few times. months. It's been a few months in the making. I mean, I started at. Let's make it sound bare, more heroic. You started, started Monday and you're going to run a five k. Making it a half day. mile and then finally made a mile and then I worked up to two and a half and then I was like, well, let's try. The other night I thought, well, let's try a five k. That's three eight point one. Yeah, right? three point one miles. Yep. So I went out and tried it, got there, and was like, eh, I'm going to keep going. Tuesday so, we learned about so yeah, you much went about farther than 5K, English. right? Yeah, I made, yeah, I made yeah. five miles. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And you kept five, up 500 at, meters is 1,627 feet, you but 1,500 feet is roughly, less than 500 meters. Roughly a 10-minute like pace. Yeah, it was right? like a 10-minute pace. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Good so. for you, man. Yeah, you got me into running. Yeah. I was like, God, I'm going to go after the show. I'll, I'll be out here running around the park after the show. So yeah. if anyone's listening and they want a running partner... I might join you, man. <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> I don't know. I, the, so I, I started running after seeing you and, of course, Zach next door who runs religiously as well. Yeah. And I was like, uh, you know what? Maybe there's something to it. And uh, I I ran Monday, Tuesday, and then uh, yesterday I, I worked out while I was at work. Mm-hmm. And it was like – I. I've ran on treadmills for like the past year and a half, like a mile at a time, and it's whatever. Yeah. But dude, from running outside, yeah, I'm not two looking miles, forward to wintertime. Yeah, running outside. I the think past I'm going to brave days, it and run, run in the snow. And just that's what Zach does, man. Yeah. He didn't. He he didn't wear a pair of actual long pants during the winter. Yeah. This entire winter. Yeah. He wore shorts the whole time, but. Uh, my legs. The frostbite are, is just going away. Yeah, my legs are so much more sore. Yeah, from running outside than what they are on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. It's been incredible. Yeah, and it's I don't know. I never. There's something I, about it. I never thought that I would be the person that would enjoy running because I always remembered in high school when you had to run the mile. It was like, oh, I'm dreading this. I don't want to do this. But now that I've like forced myself to go for a few months, I actually look forward to it. And I even find myself driving around. And I'll see. I'll see something and be like, oh, that'd be a great running route. You know what I yeah. mean? It's so yeah. weird. I uh, never thought I'd be like that, but I am. <laughs> I, I ran around Jeremiah's neighborhood the other day, and I was like obsessively looking at it at work, <laughs> trying to figure out how I can make it two I'm miles. I'm driving around in my truck looking at my trip, like yeah. seeing how, how long this route was is going to be, you know? That's awesome. You all, you know, if you run from here and then around Baker Park and come back, it's almost exactly two miles. Yeah. So. There, you, there go. you go, man. You yeah. just this mysterious I'll, location. I'll let you change your clothes. Just take in off the from bathroom. here, somewhere <laughs> north of Q Avenue. All right. So uh, you guys can go uh, make your signs and watch uh, watch Cade at the uh, Moreland Fair. It'll be uh, <laughs> Brad Brewer says he just ran to McDonald's, uh, uh, so he, he's out. Hopefully uh, wearing the MAGA hat. Yeah, he ran to McDonald's. I thought he was in in, in uh, Wayne County and over in Hagerstown. They don't have. Maybe he went down to uh, seventy down to seventy and one. Yeah. Yep. I guess that's the spot. That's the closest one. <laughs> I know my McDonald's, man. I know that I-70 route. I'm being in Ohio all the time. <laughs> I know my way. Final thoughts, Dakota. What do you got for me? Oh, let's see. Final thoughts. 
my mom, she just popped into the chat, and she is blaming, she's accusing me of not wishing my dad a happy birthday. Did I not just say you it's did. his birthday? You called birthday? it out. Yeah, so. Happy birthday, Jeff. Exactly. She's also saying hi to her neighbor. <laughs> Hi, neighbor. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this is a good episode. John, I appreciate, I really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, um, it's been great. Appreciate because, the opportunity, guys. Hopefully yeah. we haven't ruined your career. No, it's been I, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll find out, I guess. So yeah. I, I always appreciate people like you coming on that are are specific experts in a specific field because that means that while I'm writing the show notes and preparing for the show, I get to look things up and get to learn more. Absolutely. Uh so yeah. You get to awesome. invent your own facts. Yeah. <laughs> Mitchell Halcom took a serious objection to your KFO uh, effects yeah, I don't know. last I, time. I don't uh, but you never explained says, to me what he, I, I I I followed up later. Okay. Uh, he said that you were using national stuff and not Indiana state specifics. Ugh. So come on, man. Come on, man. Hone your skills. Get get local. <laughs> You're, you've got to super Listen, serve the locals. I, I looked up what what classifies a KFO versus a uh CFO, I think is what it is. Or C A O something. I don't know. I, I looked up what the difference was, and that was the first. That was the Google definition. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Whatever. But anyway, so uh, I will be at the Moreland Fair on Saturday. You're I'll not going to run the 5K though. I, I'm not going to run the 5K. I'm not at that point yet. My I've ran uh, I've ran like 3.8 miles in uh, just this week, and my legs are still sore today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the last time I have to send you. I, I've got another uh, Jeff Watterson. You know him? I don't he's, know. Him. He's big into running too. He sent me a video the link the other day of a of like a stretching workout to do before runs. So yeah, send that I to really you. do need that. So. Yeah. The last time I lost significant amount of weight, I almost did the four H Clover five K, and instead I just wound up. I got recruited. They were short on volunteers, so I got recruited to kind of oversee a corner. And uh, a guy, uh, I think he was a try high runner. It could have been John. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> a guy ran it in a cow costume and won. So, nice, and he made the cover of the crew. Hmm. I wonder if I could do uh, a Tucker T. Well, that's what I'm know? saying. Is, <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen a mascot win before, so if you don't have much going on Saturday morning, you could enter the Moreland 5K Are you and the Tucker the 5K? T. I'm not actually. No. Oh, come on, John. get that Tucker T out and see what happens. Can you imagine fun. the headlines? Be awesome. Tucker T falls down. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tucker T. We'll cover that terrific. story and nothing else. Yeah, we will definitely talk what, about it. Whatever steps, happens. The steps at that house the other day. Walking up those steps in the Tucker T was the most frightening thing ever. So that, you that, can't see down at the, all. The stairway—it's just like my house, Dakota, where you've got a rotating stairway going up, yeah. uh, and you've got a, a, a solid rock wall uh, that is your your barrier, but it's only about two foot six off the stairs, if that. So it's not much of a handrail. Is no, what you're it's saying. not much of a handrail. You could have—it would have been a great video. It would have gone viral had you gone. It would over. have. It would have gone viral. Yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. Well. Anyway. My my last final thoughts is I'll be at the Moreland Fair as the chairman of the Libertarian Party of Henry County on Saturday. I'll be in and out going from uh, Liberty and back. I definitely want to make it to the pub again this weekend. It's my weekend ritual. I have to go see. Uh, I have I have to go to the pub. Uh, but anyway, signs you're an so, alcoholic. <laughs> or you just really love cottage have pies. To go to pub. All right. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, I'll be out there at the Moreland Fair. I have brand new business cards. I have some Boss Dog Liberty pins too. So, uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be out there. Come and make sure you see me. Very cool. Well, uh, we are starting to get into. Uh, <laughs> Brad Brewer says that Tucker T would definitely chafe, uh, so you'd have to take some precautions. Uh, I am starting to put my candidate hat back on. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, you'll start to see us uh, getting more active in the campaign. We did. Uh, 
did make an appearance last night in Moreland, and uh, I guess we had two campaign events this uh, this week. Uh, if you are interested in uh, helping out with the campaign, we are taking donations over there on the Facebook page. There's a link, uh, uh, Jeremiah Morrill Candidate. Uh, if you are interested in yard signs, walking, working, or helping on the campaign, just hit me up, and uh, we've got some opportunities, so we'll have some fun. Uh, with that, I uh, I thank everybody for listening, and uh, we got a show booked for next week. Who's coming on? <laughs> I, I got knows. so many things. I'm already Nobody preparing. Knows. I'm already preparing for the Steve Horwitz episode because he, <sighs> you know who's next week. Who's next week? It's the legendary Rob Kendall of Is WIBC. <laughs> man, old Trump Rob. Yeah, I don't know. If you me, think me and him are going to have to get into it I, because I, I'm going to put Rob on the spot because he still has not secured a meeting with uh, Governor Holcomb. But we have had two elected state officials in our studio. Man. Well, I know he's very close with Senator Jim Merritt. Yep. You were yeah. on his show. I was on Rob's show last week. Yeah. It aired Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So, if uh, big time. You can go back to the Boston Liberty feed and listen to Jeremiah. You did a great job on there. But um, my dentist, uh, who's, I don't think he had any idea uh, that uh, uh, of me on Facebook, he's like, I heard you on WIBC this weekend. I, had, I was like, yeah, yeah, I was on. <laughs> yeah, that's kind awesome, thing. dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Dr. Trout up in Muncie. But, yeah, looking forward to having Rob on. But I'm already preparing for the Steve Horwitz episode because... Uh, Don't look past Rob, man. He's a big deal. Uh, He's a big git. You should be happy. Lion Rob. <laughs> I, I bet he calls me Lion Gear ten times. I know. That's why I had to say that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, looking forward to that. We will uh, We'll catch you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians Network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.